Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. And being precedes doing. And one more thing, from the very first chapter of the Bible, we find out who God is. Everybody know God's the creator from the very first part of the Bible. And then the second thing we notice is that what he did, he created us in his image. And then we see who we are. We are image bearers. And what we do is God has called us to co-create more image bearers to fill the earth with God's glory. So that's the reason for the series, and that's the introduction of the series today. Uh, Being the mirror that reflects God always starts with knowing God and believing in that characteristic of God. And today we're going to look at the first characteristic of God. Are you ready? It's God most holy. And I know you might think, man, how can we replicate that? How can we reflect that one? How would, why would you start with that one? Because only God is holy. But we're going to see today that God expects and wants us to reflect that characteristic as well. First of all, I think we need to define what that means, God is holy. God is holy. So holiness is this. If you want to jot this down. Holiness is the sum of all moral excellence. Holiness is the sum of all moral excellence. It is, to be, it is to be absent of any moral blemish or defilement. Think about that. It's to be set apart, separated, sacred. Think about God is holy. He's most holy. And holiness is this. It's to possess an utter purity of character. So when you think about God is love, God is grace, God is, is patient, God is kind, God is good, uh, God is just. You think about all that, but the wellspring for all that starts in the, in, the, in the, it's imbued in the characteristics of holiness. Everything comes out of holiness. It's out of God's purity and utter purity of character that he's able to love. It's out of God's utter purity of character that he makes the just decision and he's, and, and it's out of that, that that we're able to see those things that he is. So no other attribute is joined in the name of God with no other frequency than holy. How many times do you think holy is in the Bible? The, the word holy is in the Bible 900 times. He's called the Holy One of Israel 29 times. So God is holy. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 5, it says God is light. In him is no darkness at all. And then it goes on to say, if we want to have fellowship with God, we have to walk in the light as he is in the light. So so we know that God's light, there's no darkness. He's righteous altogether. God doesn't have any moral blemishes. Think about that. Any moral, moral blemishes. In Job 34, 10, the Bible says everyone knows that God doesn't sin. Everybody knows that. He's incapable of sinning. He can do no wrong. He's holy. He's altogether utter purity in character. God possesses. He's pure and he cannot stand. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13 says that he's pure and he can't even stand the sight of evil. Okay? So when I hear all that, I'm thinking, whoa, he's all that and I'm all this. How many ever get that way? He's all that and I'm all this. How am I going to be in relationship with him? That makes me feel awkward, and it almost makes me feel further apart with him. But uh, God has provided that answer, and we're going to get to that in a, in a little bit. But God's holiness and his utter purity of character, it's what distinguishes him from all other gods. 
You know, in Exodus 15, verse 11, it says this. It says, who is like you? Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? Look at this. He's glorious in holiness. He's awesome in splendor. He performs great wonders. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 2. It says, no one. Everybody say, no one. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. That really stuck out to me yesterday when it says there is no rock like, a, like our God. It really spoke to me yesterday because God's holiness, his utter purity of character is the rock on which we can stand. It, 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 that, that is a rock that's a, that's a steady that's, a, that's a, a something that you can always count on. It's a constant. It's a solid. It's something sure and steady, something that you can count on. Something you can count on that's never changing is God's holiness, his utter purity of character for you. And again, it's out of that utter purity of character. I want you to get this today. It's out of that utter purity of character that he gives grace, that he's loving, that he's just. You know, think about us, if we are impure in character, how we might do things in a just way. It's, it's adulterated. It's not pure. It's not clean. His love for us is something that he gives with nothing that he wants in return. His grace is unmerited, undeserved, unearned spiritual favor and, and relationship with God. But that comes out of an utter purity of character. Amen. That, that's, a, that's a key. It stems from all of that. The God that we serve possesses a holiness so blinding that no one can even look at him and live. Moses cried out, Lord, I want to see your glory. I want to see your face. And the Bible, if you ever say, if you are like, what is God's glory? The Bible says that God's goodness is his glory. And God said, when my goodness passes before you, then you've seen my glory. But even with that, God had to take and put Noah in the cleft of a rock, and he had to stick his hand over him to protect him. And only Moses saw the hind parts of the Lord, because no one can look at God because he's so holy and live. Look at this, Revelations 4, 8. Each of the four living creatures had six wings. I want you, I'm not a scholar on angelic beings, but I want you to imagine six wings, six wings uh, on angels, and they were covered with eyes even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. You know, God possesses a holiness so blinding that no one can look at him. A moral purity that's not even, that not even sinless, angelic beings who inhabit the immediate presence of the Lord. Not even, they cannot only stand before him in in this way. And they are right, they can't even bear to look at him. Instead, they take their wings and they shield their eyes from the Lord and, his ho- and God and his holiness. And they cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who is, who was, and is to come. Brothers and sisters, I want us to have a reverence of God. I want us to have a holy awe of the Lord. 
I'm I'm for Jesus is my friend. Jesus is my brother. Uh, He's not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. I'm for that relationship where, man, Jesus is my friend that sticks closer than brother. But I don't want us to lose sight of God the Father and the mighty holiness that he possesses. Jesus is one that you handle and you hold and you touch. And, and, and he, he, he came in a human body to where he understands what you're going through, what you feel, uh, how you think about things. He, he gets that. Jesus was in our skin. He gets human beings. He, he sympathizes with us. He understands us. He holds us. He, he, he's that, that, that brother that's egging you on and stuff and, and saying you can do it. He, he's right there. He's God. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. But when we're talking about the Holy Father, creator of the heavens and the earth, there needs to be a holy awe of him. There is such a magnificence about him that even the angels in heaven who are sinless in their creation, they can't even stand in the presence of a mighty God without taking their wings and covering I think we need to be careful of this. Joe Blow, I'm just going to go into the presence of God. Hey, God, what's up? I made it to heaven and all that. I believe there will be a reverence and a holy fear and an awesomeness of God. And guys, remember that the only way that we have relationship with God is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, which gives us his purity and gives us that holiness that we can even be in the presence of the Lord. Let's not lose that holy awe of God in our understanding of the friendship of God. Day and night, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You know, back in the day when scriptures was written, rabbis, rabbis actually would emphasize things twice to bring an emphasis on something they wanted people to understand or something they wanted people to get. Jesus even used it a couple times where he said, truly, truly, I say unto you. How many has read that before? Truly, truly, I say unto you. And then he tells them something that he really wants them to get. He really wants them to understand that. And then he said, did they not say unto me, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied? Have we not done many miracles? Again, he wanted to emphasize that point by saying, Lord, Lord, or truly, truly. But nowhere in Scripture is a characteristic or a word emphasized three times other than the holiness of the Lord. The angels cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who is, who who was, who is, and who is to come. This isn't just a one-time deal. It is 24-7 that they're doing that. God is holy. He's holy. We, We repeat what we want remembered. We repeat what we want emphasized. We repeat what's most important. We repeat what we want, what we don't want people to forget. And guys, what I don't want Church on the Rock to forget is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He is God and I'm a created being and I worship him in spirit and in truth. I want to say this one more time. God's love, God's justice, I want you to think about his love. God's love, God's justice, God's mercy, God's faithfulness, God's truthfulness, God's goodness, God's grace, God's patience are all imbued in his 
holiness. They all flow from that stem. They derive from that. They originate from. They go out from his holiness. He does not merely love. He loves us out of an utter purity of character. He does not merely just act justly. Or he does, he's not merely just faithful. He acts just. And he's faithful and he's fair. He's faithful and he's fair. And he's just and truthful out of a heart of holiness, which is utter purity of character. He does not merely have patience or grace. These flow from, stem from, originate from an utter purity of character. God is holy. Now, I kind of set that up where we kind of see who he is and that characteristic or that virtue, who he is. Now I want to kind of get what does that mean to us. First of all, holiness is both asked of us and it's given to us. Holiness is both. So we're talking about the holiness of God. Now then the next thing scripture teaches is holiness is asked of us, but it's also given to us. Holiness is asked of us. Holy, God says holy as you are holy. In the Old Testament in Leviticus chapter 11 verse 44, it says, I'm the Lord your God and you must keep yourselves holy because I'm holy. I'm the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. I brought you out of sin so I could be your God. You must be holy. Why? Because I'm holy. Leviticus 19.2, give the following instructions to the entire community of Israel. You must be holy. Why? Because I, the Lord God, am holy. You say, oh, it's Old Testament. That's Old Testament. Here's New Testament, Matthew 5, 48. Be perfect. Oh, wow. Be perfect. Be, totally, be holy, be utterly pure. And holiness is to be utterly pure in character. In other words, to be perfect. Jesus said, be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, and it says, instead, be holy. Again, you see it, be holy in all that you do. It's ask of us, be holy in all you do. Just as God who called you is holy, the scripture says, hey, be holy because I'm holy. God asks us to be holy. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 and 7, God's will for you. How many want to know what God's will is? God's will for us is that we are made holy. By the sacrifice of the body of Jesus. God's will is that we're holy. So stay away from, it gives the example of sexual sin. And then it says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, God has called us, God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. So holiness is asked of us, but holiness is also given to us. There's a positional standing that we have in the Lord. When we think about perfection and being holy and being perfect, how many says we cannot be perfect? We all miss the mark. None of us can be perfect. But that doesn't take away that God says in his holiness, he says to be perfect. He says to be holy as I am holy. So what God did is he prepared that way for us to have the holiness of God. He prepared a way that every one of you can look in the mirror every morning and say, I'm accepted, I am clean, I am righteous, I am holy, I am pure. Every person, 
It doesn't matter what you did the day before. It doesn't matter what you do that day. Our positional holiness and our position that we can say we are holy and we can walk in that holiness is a position that was given to us by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There was a great exchange that took place. He took our sin. He took our evil. He took our shortcomings. He took our mistakes. He took our unperfection. He took our lack of perfection. And he put it on Jesus. And Jesus gave us his righteousness. Look at Hebrews 10.10. For it's God's will. For God's will was for us. Look at this. For God's will was for us to be made holy. To be made holy by, here it is, it's not your works, by the sacrifice of the body of Christ Jesus once for all time. Jesus was that innocent lamb of God. When you think about your sin and when you think about our lack of holiness, I want you to imagine a lamb in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they would bring a lamb in. And when they brought the lamb in, they would ask the priest. They would, the priest would examine the lamb and make sure there was no blemish or there was no defect on the lamb. And once he said, that lamb's clean. That lamb, there's no defect. That lamb is innocent. Once he did that, then the accuser, then the people, us, us people that are of sin, we would come and we would lay our hands on the head of that lamb. That's the way they did it in the Old Testament. You'd put your hands on top of that lamb's head. And that was a transfer of your unrighteousness, of your unholiness, of your lack of ability to keep the laws of God, of your failures of conduct and character was all put on that innocent lamb. And then that innocent lamb would be, would be sacrificed and would be given. And when the aroma went up, the, the lamb, the innocent lamb took the sins of the people and there was an exchange to where the freedom and the forgiveness, and the going out with joy, and in the presence of the Lord, the people went out with their hands lifted up while the lamb died. John the Baptist, when Jesus came for the very first time, John the Baptist looked, and he pointed, and he said, behold, world, behold, the lamb of God, that was slain for the foundation and for the forgiveness of sins of all the world. He said, behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. So now our holiness is not wrapped up in who we are or what we do or what we don't do and the ability to keep all the commandments of the Lord. Our holiness is wrapped up in the shed blood of Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary. And every one of us put our hands on the lamb and our sins are transferred and he transfers his righteousness he transfers his holiness he transfers his perfection he transfers his goodness he transfers all of it so that we can stand and we can say we're free and we're accepted by God hallelujah hallelujah I love this scripture 2 Corinthians 5 21 says this for he God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, that lamb who knew no sin, to be my sin, that I might become, everybody say I might become, that I might become the righteousness of God in him. I am righteous through the blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. You you know, we don't have to go up and down how our day's going. 
If you feel like you're pooping out on the Lord and you're not doing real well, if you feel like you're slaughtering your witness and, and you're falling short every second of the day, you can square your shoulders and bow your head and say, thank you, God, that my righteousness, thank you, God, that my holiness, thank you, God, that who I am is in Christ and not of myself, and that I'm loved and I'm forgiven and I'm accepted. Jesus makes us holy. Hebrews 10, 14 says this. It says, by one offering, everybody say one offering. He, everybody say Jesus, forever made perfect, forever God doesn't just call us to perfection. Through Jesus, come on, through Jesus, we are forever. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm perfect. I'm perfect. Tell your wife you're perfect. Husband, tell your wife you're perfect. Wife, tell your husband I'm perfect. Here's why I'm perfect. Here's why I'm perfect. Because of that one offering in Jesus. He forever made me perfect. Man, the devil used to get in my head all the time and always, because I was performance oriented. I was performance. I was performance. You can be a Christian. Hey, you got to make up your mind. You're either going to be law or you're going to be grace. You can't be both. You can't be both. You're either law or you're grace. Jesus came and fulfilled the law and made the law dead to us. And he made grace alive to us. And it's for by grace are you saved through faith. You can't mix it. You, I, got, I can't go down there. We'll hit that in December. We'll hit that in December. If you don't like that, stay with us till December and we'll, let, we'll, we'll get in that, all right? Jesus makes us perfect. I love this, how it, says, how it says, forever made perfect to those who are being. Does that kind of make you think you're in the process or you're on the road to it? How many says it kind of hits you that way? You're going towards it. Amen. You, you haven't quite figured out how to walk it out. How many of you haven't figured out how to walk all this out yet? While you're figuring it out, you're still holy. While you're making mistakes, you're still holy. While you're getting your feet underneath you and understanding this gospel, you're still holy. Hallelujah. You're still holy. Hebrews 2.11 says, so now, not tomorrow. Everybody say now. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy. Woo, I love that. I pray that one every day because I pray the Lord's prayer every day. I say, now Jesus and the one, I always do this. I say, now Adonai Makedesh, which is the Lord my sanctifier. Now Adonai Makedesh and the Brian that he makes holy, we have the same father. Woo, glory to God. And I can say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be my name. And Jesus, you know, some people have a problem with this, but it's what the Word says. Some people have problems saying Jesus, call him big brother. He's not ashamed to call us his brothers and his sisters. Hallelujah. So the Scripture gives us that surety. Is holiness out of reach for me? Is it impossible to be holy? How are we made holy? The scripture says this. How are you made holy? The scripture says this. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. It was accounted to him. It was put in his account. So the way that you're holy is simple. 
You believe God. You believe in Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world that died on the cross for your sins. You believe that message. That's it? Yeah. You believe that message. And then into your account. You think about it. Your sin account is transferred to the cross account. And Jesus' righteous account is put in your account. So there is no account. You're righteous. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this. God saved you by his grace. When? you believed. Here's the deal. That way you can't take credit. You can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation's not a reward of good behavior or some candy for being a good boy or girl of what we've done because God doesn't want anybody to be boasting. There'll be no boasting in heaven except for the goodness of God. Somebody say amen. amen. Here's another thing. First Thessalonians 4, 8. I love this. He gives us the Holy Spirit. I, I, I really, that one really speaks to me. It says, so then whoever rejects this teaching, you're not rejecting a human being when uh, talking about the teaching of the gospel of grace, but God, you, you can't reject this message because this is God's message. It's the gospel message. Look, look at this. Who gives you his Holy Spirit. That's 1 Thessalonians 4, 8, GNT. 1 Thessalonians 4, 8, G and 2. He gives you his Holy Spirit. You know what? Before I was born again, I didn't have a Holy Spirit. I had a lustful spirit. I had a prideful spirit. I had a fighting spirit. I had a, a prideful spirit. How many know the kind of spirit we walked in before we knew Christ? But when I became born again, get this today. He gave me his Holy Spirit. They're a holiness or a holy spirit came in me when I was born again. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. To me, you can think of that two ways. He gives you a Holy Spirit or you can say, thank you for the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. But either way, there comes a holiness. So, those who receive, what we're talking about here is positional, positional holiness. Those who receive positional holiness will be compelled to pursue practical holiness. Are y'all with me? Those who receive positional holiness, there's a compelling. How many say when you got born again, there was something in you that wanted to be different? You wanted to think different. You wanted to be different. Why? Because a different spirit came in you, a Holy Spirit. Jerry, Jerry Bridges said this, true salvation b- brings with it a desire to be made holy. Jen Wilkin in her book, In His Image, said this, growing in holiness means growing in a hatred for sin and a desire to mirror and reflect the character of God. How many want to grow in holiness? Out here, anybody out here positionally holy, but you want to be made holy in your practical walk? Anybody out there say amen? Amen. So, you're, so you're, you're growing. Growing in holiness is more than just casting off the old garments of the old life. It entails putting on the new garments of the new life, the new you. Growing in holiness means growing into being loving, Good, merciful, gracious, faithful, truthful, patient, and wise. Growing in holiness means learning to think, learning to speak, and learning to act like Christ every hour and every day of our lives. 
So there needs to be a pursuit of this holiness, a deciding to be set apart unto the Lord. We pursue practical holiness by deciding to throw off. We we pursue it by deciding to throw off the old way of living and put on a new way of living. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. This is GNT. It says, be obedient to God. That sprung off of me about this morning when I was preparing again. Be obedient to God. How many want to obey is better than sacrifice? Okay, being obedient to God and do not allow your lives, listen, to be shaped by those desires you had. Everybody say past tense. When you were ignorant. I want you to think about that. I want to read that again. Be obedient to God and do not allow your lives to be shaped. I'm positionally holy. I'm, I'm proud of you. But be obedient to God and don't allow your lives to be shaped by those desires you had when you were ignorant. Instead, be holy in all that you do. Just as God has called you is holy, The scripture says, be holy because I am holy. We pursue practical holiness by making a daily choice to live a holy life. There's three ways you make a decision. I want you to write this down. Primary, secondary, and fundamental. When you make a decision, how many know we're filled with choices every day? When you make a decision, you make a decision with your primary choice your secondary choice, and then a fundamental choice, okay? I made a choice. I made a choice five weeks ago that I was 50 years old and I don't want to deal with an unhealthy body that fights diabetes and heart disease and all this stuff because your body can kind of keep up with you when you're younger. And I don't have anything wrong with my body, but that doesn't mean just go eat like a pig and do what you want. Our bodies are the temple of the living God, and we need to take care of our bodies. So I made a primary decision. I made a primary decision that I was going to have optimal health. In other words, I'm going to have the very, I want Brian to be the very best he can in in health, okay? And I wanted to develop healthy habits that will support that primary decision, So my primary decision is I made up my mind that I want to have optimal health. I want to have the best health that I can have. I want to be able to get down with my grandson on the floor and be able to hop right back up. Amen. I want to be able to, I can whip every teenager and young adult in this, everybody under 20, everybody, no, I'm kidding. I want to be able to continue to be able to whip you boys. And rest, no, I'm just kidding. And I want to continue to be able to play volleyball and run and play soccer. Hey, 50's the new 30. Somebody say amen. Come on. Amen. Scott, we got to stay, we got to keep healthy habits. Amen. So, when the pizza comes and when the picnic comes, boy, I'm slaughtering the picnic today. And when the picnic and the hot dogs come, Because I've made this decision, my secondary decision has to support my primary. That pizza isn't worth it. 
That pizza isn't worth it. That, that donut isn't worth it in the morning. So I have to change my secondary decision to fit my primary decision. Are you all with me? And then a fundamental decision is we're the temple of the Holy Spirit and God wants to keep our bodies healthy. Amen? How's that work with holiness? Make up your mind. Make a primary decision today that you want to be holy. That you want to have purity, utter purity of character. That's a primary decision. So then, when somebody comes in and burns a bridge where you don't want to have grace and you don't want to have mercy and you don't want to have patience and you don't want to have understanding, the primary decision that you're going to be holy, and listen, it's out of holiness that is the utter purity of character. So out of my decision to be made holy, I'm going to act in an utter purity of character and use grace right. And I'm going to use justice right. And I'm going to be loving and graceful and all that, but it all flows out of that decision of holiness. And then the fundamental reason I'm going to be holy is because God says to be holy. Are you all with me? That's how you make a decision. Brothers and sisters, I practice that. That can, that can work with any temptation. When you're being tempted, say you're being tempted on the internet to have conversation with somebody that's not your partner in life. Your primary decision needs to be, I am going to be faithful to my partner and I'm not going to be into texting and doing things on the internet with people that I don't even know. Even though it seems to temporarily make me feel good and accepted. But my secondary decision says it's not worth it. It's not worth what it's going to do to the kids. It's not worth what it's going to do to me. Sin will take you further than you want to go, and it costs way too much. So my secondary decision supports my primary decision, and my fundamental decision is to love my wife and to love my partner and no one else. That's how you make a decision. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, when I got these three principles for making a decision, I just figure if it helps me, it'll help you. I use that every day in every decision. So we, we do it that way. We pursue, as the musicians are coming, we pursue practical holiness. I want you to get this one. This one's gonna be maybe tough to swallow. By realizing there is work Did you just say work? I just said work. Okay? We pursue practical. Guys, we have positional holiness, but we pursue practical holiness by realizing there is work needed to live a holy life. Now, brothers and sisters, be real. Stay with me right here because this is like, I think, maybe the top three points that I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to make. And there's a lot of distraction with the musicians coming up. So try not to be distracted with that. Hear this point, please. Please hear this point. We pursue practical holiness by realizing there is work needed to live a holy life. Everybody look at me. We, we, we pursue practical holiness by realizing there's some work needing to be done. I got to work at this. There's a God part and there's a my part. There's a partnership. Show me in scripture. Hebrews 12, 14. It says work at living in peace with everyone. 
And look at this. And work. Read it with me. And work. Read it with me. And work at living Let's read that again. Work at living in peace. Work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy. Here's what bothers me. Here's what bothers me is when people get in positional holiness and they just hang up their hat on that and they don't even try. You got you to gotta work with the Lord. You, you just can't make a decision and know you're forgiven and know you're holy and then just sit on your keister and be lazy and not do a thing. You got to work at it. You have to practice it. You, you have to put some effort to it. I'll never, rem- I'll never forget when we planted this church in 2000. I brought four families with me from Casper, Wyoming. None of us had jobs. We didn't We didn't have any money. We didn't know anybody. We just came here because God said, come. We moved to this church in 2009 out in the foyer for you guys that are new. This is a church plant. We started in a home in Streamwood. All right? I'll never forget when one of the team members came up to me, and and we were like, guys, we got to get jobs. We all lived in the same house, four families in one house. We was like, guys, we got to get jobs. Everybody's got to put in and groceries. Everybody's got to help with the rent. Um, we got to, oh, but God called us to that. Yeah, he called us to it. But, but we're partnering with him. And I'll, I'll never forget, all of us went out and got jobs. And all of us went out and started helping with the groceries and cleaning the house. But there was this one couple that this guy, this, this guy said, holy God of heaven, I'm believing God to give me a job. God's going to give me a job. I mean, I appreciate that faith, but is he going to give you this job without you going and putting, filling out an application? <laughs> Are you, he would just sit in the house and say, God's going to give me a job. God's going to. I'd come home. Hey, did you get out and, and, and hustle a little bit today? Did you get out and do something to get a job? No, I've been praying, and God's going to give me a job. <laughs> Well, God gives you your holiness too. But you got to get out of the house and work at being holy. You got to work at it. You got to partner with God. Thank you, Lord. Give the Lord praise for that. I'm going to work with Him. Thank you, Lord. Amen. It's time to respond to the message today. I don't believe in just preaching and then no response because then it's just a religion and it's just a activity how many came today to be changed and formed into the image of God today with every head bowed and eyes closed who would say that I am not right with God today and the first thing is I need to have positional holiness I need to be made right with God I need to ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior Would you lift up your hand? I won't embarrass you. I'm going to pray with you right where you're at. Amen. Anybody say, I see that hand back there. There's about six hands that went up. There's seven hands that went up. But I think only about five of you, I think you've done this before. But I see two new hands today. 
I see two brand new hands. Again, if, if you're like, man, I want to be, I, I need to accept Jesus today. I need to be positionally right with God. I need to be saved today. Would you lift up your hand? I want to see him one more time. Amen. I see that hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. We got four new ones today. Four new, four new decisions today. Four new decisions today. Amen. And you know, the people that are raising their hands that aren't new, maybe you fit into this, that you just need God's holiness. And there's just some things in your life that you just feel ashamed and undone. Who feels ashamed and undone? And you're making some decision. You're a Christian. You are a Christian. But you're just making some lousy decisions and you don't feel real good with your walk with the Lord today. Would you lift up your hands? I think that's what some of you wanted to do. Amen. All over the house, will you lift up your hands? And then the next one, if God is, is God talking to someone's heart today where you're like, man, I need to put a little more effort into this. How many of that hits you today that you need to put a little more effort into this? Amen. Hands all over the place. God laid something. I want to ask you this. Did God lay something specific on your heart that he wants you to put a little more attention to it? How many say God actually laid something specific on my heart? Lift up your hand all over the place. Something specific on my heart that he wanted my attention to. Guys, there's about a hundred hands that went up through all those requests, all those questions. Here's what I'd ask you to do. Braden's going to sing a song with the worship team. You have a song ready to go. They're going to sing a full song with the worship team. But God instructed me today. He really instructed me today. Not, not, it's not, I'm not ready for the prayer team to come up. If you raised your hand today, in a minute I'm going to say stand up. Would, would everybody just come to the front? Come together at one time. That way nobody's embarrassed. And let's take this song, this song. We're going to take one song to just pray about what you raised your hand for. On the count of three, I'm going to raise up, and I want you to come. And Braden, you can sing. Amen. One, two, three. I want us to stand up. Begin to come. Come on, begin to come. Begin to come. Come on, begin to come. Begin to come. Come in the front. Make room. There's about 100 people that want to come. Come forward. Let God speak to you today. I think it's important to respond. Come up close, and then you start talking to the Lord. For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.